Let's get into the word of God. Are you ready for the word? Come on. Are you ready for the word? Amen. Amen. The discipline of God. The discipline of God. A father's love for his children. You know, I, you know what, the, the, what this came to mind? Because it's Father's Day, but then also, sometimes we have a misconception of the discipline of God. Sometimes we look at the discipline of God and like, man, God is punishing me. Okay? And, um, and so, but as we go through this, you will understand the, the true, meaning of, true meaning of the discipline of God in our life. Because he's a father and he loves us. Amen? And sometimes we think that, man, God will love me because I'm going through. I'm, I'm, I'm hitting this and it seems like nothing's changing. It seems like I'm going through that. It's not that. You've got to understand the discipline of God. He's not punishing us. But he's disciplining, disciplining us because we are his children. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's go to the next slide. The understanding for today. The difference between discipline versus condemnation and how God disciplines us through retribution, prevention, and education. Okay? Those are the three things that how the Lord disciplines us through retribution, prevention, and education, alright? So first thing we're going to look at is discipline versus condemnation, alright? Um, so, discipline lies not in the nature of the pain, alright? So some of us feel like discipline uh, has to relate to the nature of the pain. So if I'm feeling pain, that means, um, that means I'm being disciplined in some kind of form. But discipline is... It's in the purpose of the pain, all right? It's not the actual pain itself, but it's the purpose of why I am going through this particular trial or this pain or the suffering, right? Amen? So discipline is within understanding the purpose of the pain, you see. In other words, the suffering of an unbeliever and the suffering of a believer may not be too much different because of the nature of it. So a believer can have cancer, and an unbeliever can get cancer. Are you with me? Uh, a believer can lose his job and an unbeliever can lose his job. Are you with me? All right. So the nature of the pain, but the purpose of the pain is what we need to get down to and understand. All right. Um, both can get cancer. Both can uh, have loved ones die. All right. Both can lose their jobs. Both in one sense. A man is being punished for his sins. So listen, one is being punished for his sins. All right. In the other sense. He is being disciplined by God. So you have one that's being punished because of his sin, because he's in sin, and then you have one that's being disciplined by God. All right? Are you with me? All right? The pain may be the same, but the purpose is different. The pain may be the same. Yeah, I've lost loved ones. You have lost loved ones. People that, that we know have, have ran into cancer and, and unbelief have ran into cancer, but the purpose of the pain is what we need to understand. All right? All right? So let's go to the next slide. Discipline lies not in the nature of the pain, but in the purpose of the pain. The purpose is different. In condemning you, God is the judge. In discipline, he is the what? In condemnation, the object is his enemy. You have been sentenced, a penalty of death. Amen? In discipline, the object is his what? In punishment, the goal is what? In discipline, the goal is what? Holiness. 
In discipline, God is trying to get us deeper and deeper into holiness. He's trying to draw us deeper and deeper into who he is and understanding who it is. When, when discipline comes, it's not a condemnation, it's not a sentence or a punishment, but it's a goal. His goal is to reach us deeper and deeper into holiness. Into holiness. Let's go to the next slide. Let's look at Romans 8 and 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. What that scripture is saying is that your mind, there's a, there's a mind in the unbeliever that says, I don't want to have nothing to do with God. I am hostile. That enmity means I'm hostile against God. Meaning I'm going to do everything under the blue moon to disown God. And so therefore you're not subject to the law of God And that's how the punishment of sin comes place Because you're not trying to live by God You're not trying to follow God And your pain and all of your suffering The purpose of the pain and suffering Because you want to keep following sin Amen And so because your mind is against God And so therefore you're condemned Meaning that you're not a part of the home of God Alright Some kids they man, some kids fight hard to be condemned, condemned out of their home. They do. They fight hard. They try to be disobedient to the utmost. Amen? To the utmost, they're disobedient. Yeah. To the utmost, they are doing wrong. And to the utmost, they're, they, they, they're hostile. They're talking about their parents. They want to leave their parents. Amen? And so, because of this, uh, 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 the next step man, the parents get to, especially when they get old enough, they got to go. Alright? They got to go. They're not obeying any rules. They're not following anything I'm setting in place. And, and, so, and so therefore the mindset is I'm going to condemn them. Okay? Um, and so what was happening in the home today is that they refuse to listen and a lot of children are being raised by parents who has a mind against God. So now you have a family that has already a mind against God and hostile towards God, who is their what? Father. Amen. And so now you're wondering, how come my family is and my children are hostile towards me? Man, because you're hostile towards God. And you're ready. You know kids see what they do, right? They, when they see it, they do it. So if they see you not honoring the spiritual father, not following after his ways, they're going to do the same thing. Amen? Now, I'm not saying if you, if, if you lead your children that way, they're going to make mistakes and, and they may fall off. But I'm talking about a hostile child that's like, dude, it's my way. Mama, there's kids like that. I'm going to do it my way, daddy. Okay. Let's get that kid, man. They bold. Man, some parents back down, too. Some parents be like, okay. Some parents be walking, okay. Some parents be trying to make kids their brother and sister. <laughs> no, that is your child. Amen? That is your child. That's not your friend. That is your child. All right? So there, there, there's a, 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 a thing where punishment comes in is because their mind is hostile and it comes from discipline into the form of just punishment and saying that you're, you, you're out of the will of God because you don't want to have nothing to do with God. Alright? Alright? So what message is being played in the home 
with the parents, all right? We wonder, we wonder why our kids acting that way and we're playing all this type of music with different kind of messages in our home, amen? And we're letting our kids just watch the message and listen to the message and then they follow the message, amen? All right, are you with me? All right, let's go to the next slide. Let's go to, we're going to deal with, now we understand the difference between discipline and condemnation, where discipline is more so you're, you're doing it um, um, because um, out of love, out of correction, and um, out, of, out of purpose, whereas condemnation is simply because um, they are totally out of the will of God and, don't, and totally hostile towards the law. All right? Are you with me? So the first step in discipline of how God disciplined us is retribution. Something given or inflicted, all right? Sometimes when a Christian suffers, he is suffering the direct response of God to his sin. He is not condemned. He is only being disciplined, all right? Because of the sin he did, now the retribution is that he has to suffer because of the sin. Are you with me? All right, all right. Now, I thank God that sometimes my father had mercy. Amen? Amen. Because there's something what a father does, he gives us chances. There are some sins that you have done and you got away with because God had mercy on you. And he didn't let what happened, what the enemy wanted to happen to you. And he kept back some things because he said, listen, all right, you're on the edge. Amen? Sometimes uh, when, a, when I discipline my child, I'm not booting him out of the family. When I discipline Jonathan or, or Laura or Cheers, I'm not saying you're, you're condemned and I'm kicking you out of the family. No, that's not how discipline works. Disciplining is correcting. I see that you're doing wrong, and I have to correct that because it's going to depend upon your future. It's going to be depend upon your next choices in life. Amen? When you do this, this will happen. If you submit, see, if, if you, so if you submit to the sin, if you submit to drunkenness, therefore you're going to have, uh, something's going to happen. I was talking to a man, he, uh, my barber, he's also a security guard. And he said, man, I can see the transformation once they get that alcohol in them. Oh, yeah. He said, they come in, they come in, oh, how you doing? Yeah. Ah, how's it doing? Boy, they start, that drunkenness happened. They come out, oh, I was like, what? really? He's like, yeah, man, they transformed, what? They're doing all kind of crazy stuff. And then the next day, they're like, man, I should have did that. Oh, man, I messed up. And they have to pay for the consequences, amen? Some people are paying for the rest of their life because there was drunk driving or um, and isn't it something that the drunk driver never dies? Wow. And they're paying for that for the rest of their life emotionally of what they've done. And so there are consequences to um, uh, um, things that happen. And uh, if you commit adultery, there's consequences to that. If you commit adultery or fornication, you could get a disease, uh, your family's going to get tore up. These are the results. And God allows, sometimes he allows these things to happen because he's trying to discipline you and saying, you can't keep doing this, brother. You can't keep cheating on your wife. You can't keep having sex without marriage. You 
I'm correcting you so you won't destroy your life. Don't say God is punishing me for my sins and he's condemning me. No, say God is correcting me. Yes, admit I messed up, man. I should have been doing what I've been doing. God, change me. I want to do better. I don't want to keep on going the way I'm going. Jesus, help me. Because I need to learn that I cannot do that. And I don't want to do that. I can't be snapping off at my wife every day. I can't be arguing and, and coming in the home, kicking stuff and, and flipping over tables. Let her call the police on me one time. I'm going to learn. Huh? I'm going to learn real quick. Oh, baby, I'm sorry. <laughs> Come back and whole mindset to change. I could have been in jail for 15, 20 years. God, thank you for only letting me go for a few moments. Huh? No, I'm saying I didn't, I didn't go to jail. That never happened in my home. Right? <laughs> this being recorded, they like, man, that dude is. <laughs> Make that clear. That never happened. Amen. But it has happened in other, amen, in other instances. So, all right, that's retribution, all right? Um, so when you do something, in return, you start learning that, oh, man, if I do that, then I'm going to suffer the consequences. So one, one thing as a child, my, like my daughter, when, when she was little, chairs, when she was little, she used to pull hair. Pull people hair. I'm not going to tell you what person that did this. But then somebody pulled her hair back. <laughs> somebody pulled her hair back and she looked shot. And she never pulled her hair again. Because right. she's like, oh my God, that hurts. Right. Huh? Have you, some of us have the funniest stories of getting spankings. We do. <laughs> some of us have a story like, I'm gonna whoop you when I get home. Man, that's the worst. Because then you gotta think about it all the way home. You in your car, your legs shaking, like, oh man, I'm gonna get me, daddy's gonna get me. And you gotta just think about it and dwell on it. Man, just like whoop me now, get it over with. The torture is too much. How about uh, pick out your switch or your belt? Man. You like walking this slow, <laughs> trying to find the raggediest belt you can find, the smallest switch. I think my wife said she picked out a switch one time. And they were like, "Okay, you know that switch is not good enough. Let me go pick it out." She's like, "No!" <laughs> Man, well, kids, kids are speaking in tongues when you start spanking them. Chris, man, they got the funniest whooping stories ever. Man, they used to sit back and laugh at that stuff, boy. But look how good they are now. Awesome children of, amen? Boy, they can tell you some stories. <laughs> amen, amen. So, let's go to the next slide. Retribution for the unbeliever is condemnation. It is to be separated from the presence of God forever. That's different from a, a discipline. Amen? 
A Christian should consider the chastening of the Lord not as some kind of necessary evil. God is not trying to do this because he's trying to be evil. But if you're an unbeliever, it's condemnation. But when Jesus does it to those that love God, he's doing it because he loves you. And he cares for you. And he wants you to change and be better. See, we look at this and say, well, I got to suffer. I guess I got to get mine. No! It comes from God's goodness. And he, and he has a mind, the purpose of shaping us. I do it to my children because of them. Because I want them to be something in life. I discipline my children because I want them to be great in life. I want them to be something in life. Not because I hate them and because I don't love them. Jesus allowed things to happen because he loves us and he's disciplined us saying, you cannot do that anymore because I see something great in your life. I see some greatness in you and I've got to get it out of you. That's why we spank our children. That's why we do what we do because we see the goodness in this world that's trying to take it out of them. We see the goodness. We see it. Let's go to the next scripture. In Psalms 89 and 27, it says, Also, I will make him my firstborn. Now, he's talking about Jesus in here. The highest of the kings of the earth. My mercy I will keep from, for him forever. And my covenant shall stand firm with him. His seed also I will make to endure forever. And his throne as the days of heaven. God is saying that Jesus' seed, the one that's following after Christ, he has made a covenant with us. And he said you will endure forever when you follow after Christ, meaning that the death penalty does not belong to you because Jesus has paid that punishment price when you're in Christ Jesus. So everything you're going through in Christ is just discipline. So when you're going through something, don't actually say this is my punishment, but say I'm being disciplined so God can make me better because he said I will endure forever in his throne. So let's go to the next slide. If his sons forsake my law, this is what he's talking about, discipline. If his sons forsake my law and do not walk in my judgment, if they break my statutes and do not keep my commandments, then I will punish their transgressions with a rod and the iniquity with stripes. That sounds like a whooping to me. <laughs> but, look what he, but look what he says in verse 33. Let's read that together. Nevertheless, my loving kindness, I will not utterly take from him, nor allow my faithfulness to fail. Jesus, even though I discipline you, nevertheless, my loving kindness, I will not take from you. Jesus, sometimes in those days you be like, man, God, where are you? And sometimes you feel this presence and saying, I love you and I care for you. And he says, I will not let you fall. I will not let you fail. That's why some things you're going and facing what you're facing. God is saying, I'm not going to let you fall, but I'm going I'm to make sure that you get better. So you can change some things in your life because I'm going to make you better. He does this because he loves us. If your parents let you act out of pocket, that means they hate you. If your parents go ahead and let you run around and be pulling hair and be pulling on clothes, looking up women dresses, you out of pocket. Don't let them do that. That's wrong. You, that, you hate your kids when you don't discipline them and love them. Because when they get older and when they grow up, they're going to be messing around looking up the dresses when they get 20 years old. 
Because their mom and daddy let them do it. And then they're going to be locked up in jail somewhere. But I love him. I give him whatever he wants, whatever he wants, whatever she wants. I, I just go ahead and give it to him. Whatever. I, I love him. No, that's not love. You hate him. Because they're not going to know any better. And when they look, get locked up, they're like, man, mama, how come you didn't teach me nothing, daddy? How come you didn't show me nothing? If Jesus didn't discipline us, then, he wouldn't, then that means he doesn't love us. But he disciplined us because he loved us and you see the potential in us. When we don't discipline our children, that means we see no potential. Stop saying people deserve it. When they get when 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 they facing a discipline or they're facing a struggle, stop saying, oh, they deserve that. Pray for them that they get it. And they understand it. And their heart and their mind and change what has been happening. Pray that they get it. Well, he deserved that. No. Jesus, I pray that he understands. God, I pray that you will show him, Lord. I pray that he make the adjustments he need to make or she need to make. God, in the name of Jesus, lift them up, encourage them. God, give me the words to say to encourage them. Let them know that God has not left them. See, the enemy wants you to feel guilty. That's The enemy wants you to feel condemned. And Jesus said, I'm just disciplining you. I'm not condemning you. Satan is making that guilt just fall apart all in you. And then before, and then before you know it, you don't left God. And that's what Satan wants. And Jesus is saying, man, I'm just disciplining you so you can be better. All right? The second one is, um, go to the next slide. Discipline of God is prevention. All right? So he does things, he disciplines us to prevent something in the future. All right? Sometimes the Lord disciplines us because he sees down the road. You know God can see down the road in our life. God can see, man. God is omnipotent. He can see everything. All right? And so he can see everything. And because he can see everything, he notices what we're facing and what we're going through. And so, therefore, there are things that he does to prevent us from facing what we're facing. In Habakkuk 2 and 3, it says, uh, um, but at, at the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Meaning that there are things that, that you've been trying to uh, uh, make things happen. And, 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 and it's just not time yet, saints. It's just not the time yet. And God is like, wait. Just wait on me. It's coming. It might be slow. But when it comes, it will not delay. When it happens, it's going to happen. So please be patient with Jesus. You know, it's, it's, it's like as a, as, a, as, a, as a father and as a mother, we say to our children, don't touch that because it's hot. You ain't, you ain't ready to be by the stove. You too little. Amen? You ain't, it ain't time for you yet. You sit there putting your hands in the stove and rubbing the stove. You want to get what? Burnt. Amen? And so, uh, and so don't play in the street. You, you, you too little for that. You're two years old. You can't be, I can't just leave you and go in the house and let you play in the street. You're going to get hit by a car. A dog may jump on you. Amen? I don't know what might happen. So, listen. It's not that I, my discipline is not because you sinned or because you did something wrong. Just because you're waiting on God to do something in your life doesn't mean that you sinned or because you did something wrong. No. It just means that God's got something better for you. And you need to take the time to just wait. And be patient. 
It's not time yet. But once you get a little older, once I build you up, I'm, I, I'll let you know that you can handle this. And when you get old enough, then you can help mom cook in the kitchen. And when you get old enough, you can run out in the street by yourself because you're not going to watch out for cars. Now you're old enough to see what's going on. Amen? So I thank God he doesn't put me out there when I'm not ready. Because if he put me out there when I'm not ready, I could get hit, I could get burnt, I could get messed up. But because he loves us, he put disciplinary things in there to prevent things from happening. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Let's go to the next slide. Sometimes things happen to keep us humble. All right? Some things happen to keep us humble so we can keep learning, leaning on Jesus and trusting him. He is preventing us from depending on ourselves and not destroying our relationship with him. He doesn't want us to destroy a relationship. He wants to keep us humble. There's something he's just got to keep us humble because he knows if we, if, if, if we keep on going in this direction... We're going to get all big-headed. Look what I did. I did this. Yeah. I made this happen. And then God's like, you didn't do that, brother. You didn't do that, sister. That was me. That was me. Listen, in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul had a thorn in his flesh to keep him trusting in God so pride would not rise. You know why pride was going to rise? Because God revealed everything to Paul. He just kept giving Paul revelation after revelation. And he knew if I keep giving you revelation, I got to prevent this pride from happening. So I need to put this thorn in your flesh because I'm pouring too much in you to lose you. I'm pouring too much in you. And sometimes our discipline is to prevent us from losing. I, listen, I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd rather for God to put a thorn in my flesh than to be separated from God on my last day. Amen. Then to come up and did all the work for the Lord and then come up and say, God, here I am. And he's like, depart from me. Give me the thorn so I don't be filled with pride, God. So when I come before you, you say, come on in. My good and faithful servant. We can't think that we can do this on our own and, and make this happen on our own and do it all by ourselves. Three times Paul prayed for it to be removed until he realized the Lord is preventing something worse that can happen. So I will go through it, God. When our Father says, not tonight. Alright? Sometimes our Father and our parents will say, not tonight. You ain't you ain't going out tonight. You ain't going out tonight. I just feel, sometimes parents feel something. Mm, I feel something. No. You ain't going out. Right? Trust them. Because they might be preventing something from happening. Once a, and guess what? You sneak out and something do happen. Oh, Jesus. I remember I snuck out one night. My parents don't even know it. I snuck out. <laughs> Hey, I, 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 I'm going to tell y'all, I snuck out one night. I snuck out one night because I knew my dad would have been like, no. My mom would have been like, no. But when I went out that night, the party that I went to was about to get shot up. And it, if I would have asked them and they would have said no, I would have been Safe, but thank God for mercy that God didn't shoot up, that God didn't allow us to shoot up the place. 
Now it goes back to discipline. Do you think I went out again? Oh, 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 no. I stayed home. I'm not going out to them parties at night and every night. Some people don't learn, though. Some people just keep on going. Ah, man, I, yeah, I escaped death, yeah. No, no, brother, you know, God just gave you mercy for that moment. Amen? So, it's not because we don't trust you. Uh, we tell our daughters, don't wear that. Don't wear it, baby. Why? It's not because you did anything wrong. It's not because you're bad. But these knucklehead dudes out here are bad. Some of them. Amen? Most. Most. Is, is it some or most? So, so baby, you can't. I don't want you to wear that. Because I know I'm trying to prevent something from happening. So it's not because we don't, it's not because God don't trust us, but it's because he's trying to prevent something from happening that's even worse. And so when things don't happen the way it happened, the way you want it to happen, just lift your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Lastly, discipline is there to educate us. Okay? Discipline is there to educate us. Please don't judge a man or a woman when calamity happens. They come running to God and their knees because God is educating them. They might not, they might not be doing, uh, they might be doing everything right by the book. And, and God is not even trying to prevent nothing from happening, but he's trying to educate them on something. Alright? They're like, man, God, I'm doing everything. God, I'm going the right way. And God is, and God is not even trying to, but he's trying to educate you. He's trying to educate us. In what? We got to go to the story of Job. Because God wants them to see something. God is trying to educate. He disciplined us because he's trying to educate us because he wants us to see something. Because sometimes we don't see it. We just keep running around and running our hands, running like a chicken with our head cut off, but we still don't see it. Job was a man with no sin. And the Lord was not trying to prevent him from uh, um, sinning. The Lord wasn't trying to prevent him from uh, sinning and doing wrong or nothing. Job was an excellent man. Alright? But he lost everything. Y'all know the story. He lost everything. He lost his wife. He lost his children. He lost his money. He lost his cattle. He lost everything. His wife left him. His wife disowned everything. He lost how did this educate Job? What did he educate Job on? Let's go to the next slide. The next one. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything. What God was educating him on? Let's, let's can we read that together. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do everything and that no purpose of yours can be withheld from you. Let's stop there. Job said, I know that you can do everything. I lost everything. I lost my wife. I lost my kids. I lost my job. I lost my money. I lost everything, God. And I was a good man. And I, and I followed after you. And I lost everything. But now I know something. You educated me that you can do everything because the thing with Job, after it was all said and done, God doubled and tripled everything he lost. 
And he said, God, the enemy came in and took everything from me. But I kept my faith and my trust in you. And I realize now, God, I know that you can do everything. That there is nothing too hard for my God. Some of us have been in situations in our life. Some of us have been through things in our life and, 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 and are trying to figure things out. But God is educating us in our faith to strengthen our faith to understand and say, come to God and say, God, I know no matter how long, no matter how far I got to walk, no matter what I'm going through, God, I know you can do everything and that there's nothing too hard for my God. Whether it's a storm coming, whether I'm leaving a storm, whether I'm running in a storm, whether I'm circling around a storm, God, I know that you can do everything. So I will continue to put my faith and my love and my trust in my Father because He's educating me, showing me that every day of my life that I can do everything. You can wake up in the morning and you may have gone through some things in your life and gone through things on your job and you're getting ready to face your job, but keep in your mind that God has educated us that God, you can do everything and anything. So when it looks impossible, God, you can do that. Job says, I didn't used to know what a God you were. I didn't know what kind of God you were. Listen, I knew you. I knew you, but I didn't know you. Some of us know God, but we don't know God. But he said, now I know you. See, if you read the scripture, it says, who is this who abide highest counsel without knowledge? Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand. I, mean, I knew God, but I didn't really understand God. I knew who he was, but I really didn't quite understand him. And so God educated him. And he said, things, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Listen, please, and let me speak. You said, I will question you, and you shall answer me. I have heard of you, but the hearing of the ear. Listen, I heard of you, God, but I was just hearing you with my ears. I wasn't really realizing who you were. People talked about you, and I've talked about you, God, and I've said things about you, and i talked good about you, God, but I didn't truly know you. And when he finally realized, he said, he said, and I heard you with the ear, but now my eyes see you. Therefore, I say, God, I come to my knees and say, God, thank you for educating me. Job says, I didn't used to know what a God you were, but now I know it. It was education. And he says, things too wonderful for me, which I knew not. You read this. Isn't this a fantastic God? what he went through and then all of a sudden he says God I went through this I, I never seen your deliverance before I never heard of your deliverance in such a capacity I never know your power into such a capacity you're so wonderful you're so great after everything I've been through my final words is God I thank you for teaching me I learned people look at him probably like man Joe you crazy out of all the stuff you went through out of all the stuff that God, look, I was educated on how powerful. I cannot explain to you the essence of how powerful God is. I cannot explain to you the essence of how great it is. It's something where God has to educate you yourself. And then you begin to see it and not just know it with ears and hear it, but then you realize it deep down inside your life. Joel says, I see it now. Thank you, God, for educating me. Saints, there's some things that you're going through in your life 
and some things that you've been through and you have faced, don't blame God. Say, I thank you, God, for educating me because I'm better than what I was now. I understand you more clearly. And so now I can face things and go against things that, that, are, that seem impossible because I remember what you brought me through. God, it was some things that, that I've been through that you brought me through that seemed impossible. They said I'll never be nothing. They said I'll never uh, uh, realize again. They said I'll never rise again. God, they told me that I'll never be nothing. But God, you brought me through. And now that I'm facing this next struggle, God, I remember what you did for me in the past. You brought me through. You're so powerful. You're so great. God, I'm going to believe it. I'm educated and know that you'll bring me through. I thank you, Jesus. And I praise your holy name. Let us stand.